Thank you so much, Casey. Uh, I was, yeah, very blessed. Thank you. What I wanted to ask is that uh, the teens, what are they from 19 down or is it younger or teen? Yeah, okay. All the teens, won't you stand, please? All the other. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down, groan. <laughs> Um, I've just been so reminded again of that in this new era, the generation is the generation that hears God. It's not age. It's whoever's ears are open to hear what God is saying to go into the harvest at this time. So I wanted to honor each one of you, and I wanted to embrace and say welcome into the family as brothers and sisters with voices called to go to the harvest of God. And you are not children sitting here and drawing Mickey Mouse in the book or something. <laughs> you have a voice and you have a calling and you are filled with the Spirit of God to go and do it and to fulfill your calling because each one of you have a call of your, on your lives. Thank you, Casey. Mighty woman of God. Thank you, Father. Am I supposed to stand in one place? Thank you. <laughs> you the dad. Yes, I just wanted to say to you, you are a good dad. You are bringing up two very, very powerful children in the kingdom of God. And I just saw it was like the, the winds and the waves of the sea coming at you and coming at you, but you've been standing. And having undone all, you are standing. And just, they both have such callings on their lives, and you are just teaching and training and talking, walking them the right way. And I just have a scripture that I need to read over you. Ephesians, Ephesians. Ephesians 6. Um, be supernaturally infused with the strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Amen. Okay. I want to speak this morning on living in the now of Jesus and going to Luke 5. And what I really just want to say, I'm not preaching. I'm reading you a couple of scriptures. And we're looking to Holy Spirit to make it life. And we're imparting life and we're sharing life with one another this morning around the Word of God. So I enjoyed it Wednesday night, Benjamin, when you were meandering through Luke. I'm also in Luke. <laughs> There's just something that happens when you read the Gospels. Jesus just starts becoming so real, and there's just life, and there's just a cleanness and a wholeness and all sorts happening when you're there. Now, Luke 5 is all about the miracle catch of fish. And, uh, you know, story of Jesus going, and he wants to talk to all the people that are around him. So he climbed into the boat belonging to Simon Peter. And reading through these, uh, uh, the Gospels, I'm looking at what their names mean. 
and what it's telling me, and like Simon means hear and obey. Peter means to stand steadfast on the rock. So now Jesus climbed into the boat belonging to hear and obey, and then he will stand steadfast on the rock. And he said to him, please, I asked him, let me use your boat. Push it off a short distance away from the shore so I can speak to the crowds. Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished, he said to Peter, now, row out to the big, deep water to cast your nets and you will have a great catch. Now, it's in the morning. They've been fishing all night. They are tired. They've caught nothing. And now he's using their boat and he's talking to all these people and now he's saying to them, now, row out again, cast your nets and you will have a great catch. Now, besides tired, it is not done. So Peter replied, Master, we've just come back from fishing all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you insist, we'll go out again and let down our nets because of your words. His name is hear and obey. And to, when I was reading through and I read that now, I felt the Lord is Jesus is speaking to us about now. What are you going to do now? Because there's certain things we've done and we've done and we've done. And you've proclaimed and you've decreed and you've prayed and you've believed and you've decreed and you have not decreed and nothing has happened. And now he says to you, now I would like you to do X, Y, and Z. So we can either say, yes, master, or we can go on as normal. But there is such a weight on now. There is an incredible weight on now. What is our response now with the things that we've believed for, the things we have been standing for, and the things that we have embraced to the best of our ability, and we have not seen the fruit of it? And are we going to say yes, just hear and obey, and then we will stand on the rock and we will see it come to pass? Or are we going to just do the norm the same? And when I was reading this, there were so many things, if you start looking back and you start thinking... There's so many things that everybody is praying for. Everybody is believing for something. And there's a tiredness in the body of Christ. And if we don't hear what he is saying now, apathy will set in. And whatever we listen to, then it's, yeah, same old, same old. And we can actually say the word, so we kind of listen, but there's nobody home. And it's just this, and, and there's a, a real a, a cry in the heart of God to say, hear, see the time, see the season, hear what is happening now, and now cast out again. When they pulled out the, the nets, 
they were shocked to see a huge catch of fish. Now, isn't that just how we are? We believe and we pray, and then we're shocked when we get the answer. The nets were ready to burst. They waved to their business partners in the other boat for help. They ended up completely filling both boats with fish until their boats began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this astonishing miracle, he knelt at Jesus' feet and begged him, Go away from me, Master, for I'm a sinful man. Simon Peter and the other fishermen, including his fishing partners, James and John, were awestruck over the miracle catch of fish. Jesus answered, do not yield to your fear. And it's again, there was weight on this. Do not yield to your fear. Um, this, uh, we've been really in the business, standing and believing and praying and everything. And every time I say, oh, gosh, no, this is a crisis. I better get on the WhatsApp group to... There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's not what I'm saying. But every time I wanted to do that, it was like the Lord saying, do not yield to your fear. Because are you actually wanting people to pray or must they just agree with you in misery? Do not yield to your fear. So then if my older sister and very, oh, shame, and how's it going? Awesome. Going well, absolutely. But I knew that trying to get sympathy or trying to just get a shame, it's not what he's expecting at this stage of my life. I'm either a mature person or every little wind that comes is going to have me curled up in a corner with, oh dear Jesus, where's the WhatsApp group? And if you want to ask for prayer, you're very welcome to. You can even WhatsApp me, but this is not what I'm saying. But so, yes, what is my next one? Luke 7. And it's all about the prophet John. Now, why Jesus is talking about now is because we've entered into a new era. Things have changed. Church is never going to be the same again. Life is never going to be the same again. Uh, we will not wear masks all the time, and hopefully we can burn that soon. <laughs> I'm right behind you, Maury. But... These changes that has happened, mindsets that have changed. When John was born, it was all supernatural. And when he grew up, he knew that he was a man with a mission. And he grew up with Jesus. And I'm sure that when they had a family gathering, the people with parents were talking about what had happened with the two boys and what their calls were and what was going to happen to them. They didn't quite know, but they knew that something was up. So... John then had the experience of that he baptized Jesus and he said, the Lamb of God. He heard the voice from heaven and now all the things that's happened, the whole story of John, you all know the story, and now John has ended up in prison. But John was called and his ministry was to open the way for Jesus, to prepare the way. 
So then he carried on with his ministry while every now and again he would see Jesus over there with his ministry. But now he's ended up in jail. Now he can't understand why he's in jail. So he's now saying the disciples went and they were telling him everything that is happening with Jesus. And they are reporting all the wonderful miracles and the works Jesus was doing. So John dispatched two of his disciples to go and inquire of Jesus. When they came before the master, they asked him, Are you the coming Messiah we've been expecting, or are we continue to look for someone else? John the prophet has sent us to you to seek your answer. Now John was the one that said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Now he's wondering, but now is this the Lamb of God? Why am I in jail? John was supposed to, or he could have followed his father as a priest, but he had actually said yes to the call of God. But now that life, because there was a silence of 400 years between Malachi and Matthew, he was the first prophetic voice calling out again. And now he had to be silent. And he could either follow Jesus or be silent. And it's crossing over in this new era. We have to hear. We have to be transformed. We have to change. Or where there will be a silence. Because what we did is not what we do now. There's a change. There's been a shift and it's shifting so rapidly and so continuously that you basically, every time you're in a, a service, then it's, wow, did you feel the shift? It's like just moving deeper and deeper and deeper. And without answering, Jesus turned to the crowd and healed many of their incurable diseases. Now, John knew Isaiah 60, was it 61? the call of Jesus and what Jesus was supposed to walk in. So now he didn't have to answer him in any way. Jesus just said, he turned to the crowd and he healed many of the incurable diseases. His miracle power freed many from their suffering. He restored the gift of sight to the blind and he drove out demonic spirits from those who were tormented. So he was just demonstrating. He said, this is what I was called to do, John. Do you remember that? Only then did Jesus answer the question posed by John's disciples. Now, go back and tell John, what have you just seen and heard here today? The blind are now seeing. The crippled are now walking. Those who were lepers are now cured. Those who were deaf are now hearing. Those who were dead are now raised back to life. The poor and broken are given the hope of salvation. And tell John these words. The blessing of heaven comes upon those who never lose their faith. Faith in me no matter what happens. We are in the now of God. And there is just, in every day, and especially the older you get, it is like, excuse me, what would you like me to do now? We did it like that. 
and it's worked now for the last 100 years, so really. And now all of a sudden, how old are you? No, never mind, you're very young. <laughs> this very young person <laughs> is now my elder. And it's like the new era. Chosen with a calling, gifted, awesome wife, calling, chosen, gifted. And what is in my heart will show by the way I follow them. Whether I think he's a whippersnapper, <laughs> if I can say that, I'm older. <laughs> Or whether I saw, we have to see in the spirit. So when I deal with Sarah, I have to look at her in the spirit. When Casey prays for me, there was such an anointing there, Casey. I have to look at Casey in the spirit. Because otherwise I'm going to look and say, she's a child. And then my heart will not receive the ministry of God. So we live in the now. We hear and we see what is happening now. <laughs> Luke 9. Uh, just very briefly uh, on this, uh, we, um, that's part of Luke 8, where Jesus was walking and the woman with the issue of blood touched his, his garments and Jairus was walking with him because he had asked Jesus to come and minister and uh, heal his little girl. And um, as, they were, as he was walking with Jairus and all the, the people were all around them, um, then he stopped, the woman touched him, so he's ministering to this lady, and Jairus was waiting, and then his daughter died. And there was a sense in my heart that there's a lot of disappointment in people's hearts, because you've asked Jesus something, he's turned, he's answered you, and as you start going, he gets distracted, and now he's busy with other people and you see miracles, and you see healings, and you see deliverances, and you see all sorts of things, and you are waiting, and then you get, and you hear the news that it is actually too late in any case. And that is what people feel in their hearts when we wait. And when we were singing that song about the disappointments, I literally felt as if there were things falling off people, disappointments falling off people because you have been waiting for so long. And your dreams are dying and your prospects are slimmer and those people are getting healed and those people are getting that and those people are released over there and you are still waiting. There is an appointed time. There is always an appointed time. And then 
his daughter was raised from the dead. She was not just supposed to be healed. She was actually supposed to be raised from the dead. So just going down to John. No, I'm not in John. I'm in Luke. Okay. Uh, Luke 9. Now Jesus gathered the uh, apostles. He imparted authority over every demon and the power to heal every disease. Then he commissioned them to preach God's kingdom role and to heal the sick and to demonstrate that the kingdom had arrived. And just a, a question I felt Holy Spirit asked me, he said to me, when you order a hamburger, what is your expectation? And it was like, okay, this is like really not a rocket science question. What do you expect? And I thought, a hamburger. He said, okay, so how do you go and order a hamburger? I said, I just ask for a hamburger. And he said, you don't ask for, um, okay, I would like you to give me a bread roll. And then I would like you to fry me a mince patty and cut the bread roll, put it on, cut onion, whatever, 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 all I want. And I would like that very, you know, I would really like that. You just ask for a hamburger. And then hopefully that's what you get as a hamburger and not sushi. <laughs> And Holy Spirit said to me, so if you say to somebody, I'm a Christian, what do you think they expect? Somebody that lives exactly the same, but they say that at least the end will be different, they will be in heaven. Um, or do you, can they hear in Luke 9, he says, he's given them authority over every demon the power to heal every disease. And he commissioned them to preach God's kingdom realm and to heal the sick, to demonstrate that the kingdom had arrived. Now, we are now in the kingdom era. So what do we give people when we say we are Christians? If you say to your neighbor, I'm a Christian, they say, just wait right here. I have got a crazy mother, a demon-possessed brother, and a very sick auntie, I'm bringing them all. You're a Christian. Or does he say, obey oh, one of those? <laughs> so it is, like reading through all of these Gospels, I'm continuously weighing my heart. Because when we read Scriptures, Scriptures weigh our hearts. <laughs> you will never forget me when you order a hamburger, Luke. <laughs> But I find it challenging because do I do kingdom? Do I live kingdom? Do I breathe kingdom? Do I change where I go? Do I change the world around me? And what we're talking about and where we're visiting this morning, we are putting in a flag in the ground. We are saying... We believe in the now of God. We believe in the new era. We are people who hear and obey and stand on the rock of authority. We are people that are going forward and we want to see change. And Grant, I want to honor you this morning 
because it's like this piece of ground here, and you're not Bob the Builder. You're not there every day watching the property. You're an apostle of God that are walking there and praying and sweating and crying and putting in the spirit foundations of an apostolic ministry that will change the world. So it is like, see one another in the spirit and see yourself in the spirit. So what we're talking about this morning is we're putting a flag in and we're saying that is what we're pouring into our apostolic foundations. We're imparting life to one another. We are sharing life this morning because each one of you have a call in the kingdom realm. And he says here in uh, Luke 9, it's now you, whatever, commission. And then they departed and they went into the villages with the wonderful news of God's kingdom realm. And they instantly healed diseases wherever they went. So then further down, verse 10, a couple of months later, they now come back and they are stoked. They've been to Turkey and they've been to Nepal and they've been to China and they are now back and they said, you will not believe what has happened. The wonders and miracles, all the wonders and miracles they had witnessed, Jesus wanting to be alone with them now catch up. They quietly slipped away and... Um, but the, they went out to Bethsaida. Anyway, but the crowd soon found out about it and took off after him. When they caught up with Jesus, he graciously welcomed them all, taught them more about God's kingdom realm, and healed all who were sick. As the day wore on, the twelve came to Jesus and told him, It's getting late. You should send the crowd away. There's nothing to eat here in the middle of nowhere. So Jesus responded, you have the food to feed them. They replied, all we have are these five small loaves of bread and two dried fish. Do you really expect us to go and buy food for all these people? Where were they looking? They were just telling him of all the miracles that they had done. Now they were looking at what they had in their hands. And it wasn't even enough for the 12 of them, never mind for all the people there. So what did Jesus do? He said, okay, put all the people in the groups, they must sit down, be at peace, rest. And then he said, and after everyone was seated, Jesus took the five loaves and two fish and gazing into the heavenly realm, he gave thanks for the food. Where does our provision come from? The supernatural realm. Where does our food come from? The supernatural realm. Where does healing come from? the supernatural realm. Where are we looking? 
Oh, dear Jesus, don't catch my eye because I'm not praying for her. That looks a bit hectic. <laughs> oh, supernatural realm. Then he took the food and he, after he gave thanks for the food, he broke off pieces of bread and fish and kept giving multiplication, supernatural multiplication, giving more and more and more and more. Gave it to the disciples. They kept on, it kept on multiplying before their eyes. So everyone ate until they were filled. And afterwards, the disciples gathered up the leftovers and it came to exactly 12 baskets full. He showed them what we do when we walk in our governmental role as sons and daughters of God, seated in his presence at peace and at rest and looking into the supernatural realm. And I just felt, Grant, that I needed to take this money and lay it at your feet and say, Grant, we look for supernatural provision. We look into the supernatural realm for every cent, for every bit of provision. And you're going to see a multiplication. It would literally be but I was, I'm absolutely positive I only had 150 rand in my purse. Supernatural provision. And we call it in because we look into the supernatural world and we give thanks. And he multiplies. I really just felt that would be a prophetic action of breaking over. Money is a very, very powerful thing, or the spirit behind money is a very powerful thing. If we hold on, there's something that closes. If we are generous, there's things that open up. I have come to a place where there is more months than money. And if I then have to do something, and then I think, okay. And I've just learned, if I feel that I need to do something, I must do it. Because if I don't, I will really have a lot of months and no money. If I do it, it works out. You can never explain it in all your life, but it works. Then I just want to mention about healing. Right throughout all the Gospels, walking with Jesus, everybody, they learned that he was willing. He stopped every time. He stopped for everybody. Recognized every need, responded to every need. They realized that he's able because people were healed all the time. And they realized that he had authority because wherever he went, the other thing is left and the people were set free. And the, just the sense that I felt in my heart was that we actually need to go back and see who Jesus is. And look at him and say, you know, he's uh, 
not just gentle Jesus and he's the one in revelations with fire coming out of his eyes. He's the one that's actually changed everything. And it's, sorry, you've just been getting my attention the whole time. And that's that Jesus with fire in his eyes that I see looking at you the whole time. And I just see changes. And I see that you were wanting to walk here and you were really trying to convince him this is the way. And he's really not arguing at the point and he just keeps on saying this is the right way. But the passion and the love that he has in his heart for you, the fire burning in his eyes, is not going to leave you. You have a destiny in him that can only be fulfilled in him. Just mighty man of God, mighty man of God, you can rise up and stand tall and strong, mighty man of God. Father, and I just speak that over him. I release life over him. I call him into his destiny in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, that he sees that man with fire in his eyes that have died with his name on his lips. And we seal that over him, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. And this couple over here, I just felt when sitting there, you were here this morning by divine destiny. And I felt that there's a tapping into the supernatural, that Father's opening away and showing you how to tap into the supernatural. And it's just one of those things you've been walking and walking and walking, and it's like gyrus. Wait. Wait. But now is the time, and we speak that release. Now is the time for supernatural provision of whatever your need is. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. And I just felt if there's anybody that needs healing... Won't you please stand?